Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Trucking 101, surviving your first year with host Melissa Grimm. We'll talk about safety, managing your money, and real life out on the road. Our group has over 100 years of combined real-world driving experience. You've got questions, we've got answers. Now it's time for everyone's favorite DOT officer. 23 years in law enforcement, 7 years as a commercial transport officer. He was a CBSA instructor and has conducted thousands of roadside inspections. He now serves in the driver's side of our industry, Mr. Dale Howard. I'm just doing my job. Yeah, I'm the highway patrol. Good evening and welcome to Compliance Corner, and I am Dale Howard. I retired out of commercial vehicle enforcement. Too honest to steal, too lazy for a paper route, so now I'm back trucking. And I'm here to help you out with all your compliance questions and concerns and problems. And tonight, we're going to get ready for Road Check 2017, which is fast approaching and going to be here in another couple of weeks. Road Check this year is going to start on June 6th, 7th, and 8th through all jurisdictions in North America. So I thought we'd uh, focus on uh, tonight's show on how to get ready and uh, and survive road check. First thing, I'd like to dispel a couple of rumors. Um, there are shows on the Road Dog channel that are actually encouraging people to stay home and, I guess, cower in the corner or hide under the bed because the big bed boogeyman DOT guy is going to come out there and screw them over and who it's scary stuff kids but realistically there's over 5 million vehicles that are eligible for a level 1 CBSA inspection between Canada and the US and only 70,000 get inspected so when you run the numbers you really have a better chance at hitting it big in Vegas than you do getting a roadside inspection. So how about if we just get our act together for three days and run compliant and make some money? Because it is a proven fact that capacity does tighten up because there are people that will go home and hide. And, uh, yeah, brokers notice it and rates go up a little bit for that week. So let's take advantage of that and work and just be compliant. It's not that hard to do. Uh, this year's focus on road check is going to be cargo securement. So for those of you in the open deck industry, you've heard me say this many, many times, some's good, more is always better. And if eight are the minimum required tie downs, put 10 on. If you put too many tie-downs on, you will never know if you had too many. If you don't have enough on, somebody is either going to point that out to you or in the unfortunate event of an incident, you're going to find that out all too quick. So you can never have too many tie-downs. For those of us in the van market, uh, I currently pull a reefer, so... uh, for us with reefers and dry vans, be prepared that the officer is going to open that trailer up and have a look. Uh, for those of us that do drop and hook, and I used to do a ton of that with a previous carrier, traditionally, you know, we're told you can't break the seal. So that should be either noted on the paperwork or noted on your Qualcomm so that if you do get pulled in for an inspection 
and they want to have a look at the trailer, just mention to the officer, hey, I'm given specific instructions not to break that seal. So this is going to be a surprise for both of us. And just be prepared, if it's not properly secured, to properly secure that load before you leave. So make sure everybody's got some extra load locks. Uh, if you've got the logistics straps for the uh, logistics slots, those are the best. Uh, also make sure that uh, those straps are load rated. Or if you're going to use a shoring bar in the logistics slots, that too must be load rated. So somewhere on the strap, it will have a tag or it'll be uh, inked into the strap what the working load limit is. So now is a good time to have a look and make sure that uh, those are all in good shape. Anybody who's got any questions or comments and you want to jump in, just push one on your phone now and Melissa will be kind enough to uh, screen your call and we'll get, we'll get you in here and answer your questions. Uh, for those of you pulling open deck trailers, you know, now leading up to road check is a good time to have a look at everything you're using for cargo securement. Uh, if you're using the uh, synthetic webbing, the, the belts, uh, those two must be marked with a working load limit. If they're not, then they're not going to be recognized and you're going to wind up uh, having that, that tie down disallowed. So if you've got some downtime between now and June, have a look at those straps and anything that is cut or frayed or if the uh, chain or the J-hook is damaged on the end, get rid of it. Uh, when in doubt, throw it out. Uh, and don't, you know, don't buy them at truck stops because they're a third the price. If you, uh, if you go to Kenworth, Peterbilt, Utility, Great Dane, Freightliner, Volvo, Mac, you know, go to a dealership and uh, and buy your tie downs there because they're uh, they're way cheaper than at a truck stop. Uh, chains, you know, now's a good time if you've uh, if you've got some downtime, stretch them out and take a real good close look at the entire length of the chain. You know, the hook's in good shape, the uh, cotter pin and the pin is uh, all in one piece on the uh, ends. You've got no bent links, no twisted links, no, uh, uh, you know, nothing uh, growing a rat's nest. And because, uh, again, if you've got a damaged link or a kinked link or a bent link, that's going to be a violation and going to cause you problems on a roadside inspection. Load binders, uh, have a look at those. If you're using the ratchet boomers, you know, give them, uh, you know, service those with a little oil and clean them up. And again, inspect the hooks and the uh, pins and the cotter keys and make sure they're all in one piece. And then also your anchor points on your trailer. If you're pulling the same trailer all the time, you know, is the rub rail. Are there any cracks? If you're using a rub rail for a uh, tie-down, is it load rated? And, uh, you know, is it in one piece? Is it, uh, or is it damaged? Because that's going to be a violation. You know, any cracks? Uh, you know, springs here, we can get everything washed up and, uh, and verify that you're ready. That's, uh, that's another good point. I, uh, I would be hitting a truck wash June the 5th and making sure that, you know, you don't have to be driving a brand new truck. You could be driving a 20 year old truck as long as it looks like something and looks like it's taken care of looks or everything. And you only get one chance to make a first impression. If you look like a wounded gazelle and I use this at the CNC all the time, Somebody in law enforcement is going to come by and eat you. So don't give anybody the excuse to pull you in. Let them pick on somebody else. So it's a good time to tidy the truck up. 
don't have a lot of shit on the dash, you know, don't have your GPS and 17 other things stuck in the windshield, because that's just another excuse to pull you in and uh, and have a chat. You know, let somebody else get inspected. But if you do get called in for an inspection, what's going to happen? The officer is going to come up, introduce himself, and get you to uh, shut your truck off. They'll ask you to uh, release all your brakes because they're going to they're going to block your wheels with wheel chocks. And he's going to take all of your paperwork, all your documentation, and if you're on paper logs, he's going to take your logs and make sure your uh, your paperwork's all up to date. So have a look at your medical card, make sure it's up to date. You got your license, go through your permitting book and uh, clean out anything that's expired and and uh, not relevant any longer. And the officer's going to take all that and assuming there's no issues, he'll come back and start the inspection. He's going to get you to uh, turn on all your lights and he's going to start on the front. And uh, he's going to check marker lights, left turn signal, right turn signal, headlights, high, low beam, wipers, uh, washer fluid, check the horn. Then he's going to uh, get you to come out and open the hood or ask you if it's all right if he opens the hood of your truck. Then we're going to start the uh, inspection process on the uh, left front corner. And he's going to have a look at the wheel end, suspension components, steering components, uh, any glaring oil leaks. You know, if you've got a leaker and it's like the Exxon Valdez and they're going to have to cause a, call a hazmat team out just to contain the spill, probably want to deal with that before the second week of June. Take, uh, he's going to have a look at the wheel fasteners and the condition of the front tire. And then he's going to get you to aggressively rock the steering wheel back and forth. And what he's looking for there is loose steering components or any suspension components that have any free play in them. <clears throat> Excuse me. And anything that does is there's a measurement involved to determine whether or not it's a violation or if it's not a service violation. Then he's going to work his way down the, down the left-hand side of the truck and check the fuel cap. Not having a fuel cap on something as simple as that is not a service violation and points on your CSA score and points on your PSP. Can have a look at the back of the cab. You got any exhaust leaks, anything that's glaringly ready to fall off. Front drive axle, we're going to have a look at that. Same thing, we're going to check wheels, wheel fasteners, tires, anything glaring. <clears throat> and the criteria for tires is Anything that is less than 50% of the inflation on the side of the tire is an out-of-service. That's considered a flat tire. So if the maximum inflation on the tire says 110 pounds and there's only 50 pounds in the tire, it's considered flat and a violation. Can I have a look at the fifth wheel? And... Uh, Check to see that uh, you're not missing any bolts in the uh, slider assembly, that uh, everything, uh, there's no cracks. Have a look at the frame. Work his way down to the back drive axle. Same thing, wheels, tires, fasteners, lights on the back of the truck. Working his way down the trailer. The uh, airline connections are intact. You've got no air leaks at the glad hand. The light cord's plugged in. Conspicuity tape, the little red and white uh, reflective tape on the side of the trailer, has to cover 50% of the side and 100% of the rear. So have a look, and if you're missing some tape, pick it up at the truck stop, pick it up at the dealership, put some tape on there, fill in the gaps. If you've got less than 
because that's going to be a violation, and that's going to get you a complimentary inspection. Landing gear, it's in one piece. They're going to check the uh, if you're pulling a van, uh, the rivets that hold the uh, cross members into the floor. Um, we're going to see if there's anything cracked or or uh, damaged or missing on that side rail. We'll work down to the uh, tandems, and we're going to check and make sure that all the pins. If you've got a sliding suspension, are engaged, and that the holes aren't uh, oblonged. Checking wheels, tires, fasteners, same thing we checked on the truck. Marker lights, signal lights on the side of the trailer. Back of the trailer, we're going to check lights, condition of the doors, the doors are latched. Left turn signal, right turn signal, brakes. Here's where we're going to cut the seal and open up the trailer and have a look inside. So if you've live loaded that trailer, make sure that uh, everything is properly secured and can't move back. And the formula for rearward motion is 0.4 of a G. So... I, uh, my last two loads have been out of uh, Nogales, Arizona, and it's watermelons. And I've posted pictures on Facebook of when the uh, trucks come out of Mexico, they get up to the dock, they cut the seals, they open the doors, and one or two pallets of watermelons fall into the parking lot. That's not good securement. I've also posted pictures on there when I leave. I haul watermelons, stack two pallets high. They're one pallet on top of each other. And uh, I've got the logistics uh, straps in my trailer. So I've got two load-rated straps, three load locks. That load isn't going anywhere. And it takes five minutes to properly secure that load. So take the time. Put your, put your uh, securement in and be on your way. If you've picked up, a, like I say, a preloaded trailer that's sealed, your instructions are not to break the seal. The officer's going to cut the seal. They're going to conduct the inspection. You're going to do whatever you're going to do to uh, bring that trailer into compliance. And uh, the officer will seal that up. They've got their own seals. And he'll mark on your bill of lading that uh, it was Officer Howard, my regimental 3166. I broke the seal. Here's the new seal number that's, that's replaced it. And I put my phone number on the bill so that if the receiver has any questions, they, uh, they can call me and we'll clear that up for them. One thing to be careful with is foodstuffs. Some of the major food uh, distributors are so paranoid about eco-terrorism and uh, some of the fast food chains don't care if the Pope broke that seal. If that trailer arrives and that seal's been tampered with, they will refuse the load. If you're hauling one of those loads, and you know that regardless of who broke that seal, the load is going to be rejected, and you're going to have a claim, politely and tactfully explain to the officer, I understand it's your job, you have to break that seal, and you have to look into that trailer, and and you're more than welcome to do that. However... Please understand that if that seal is damaged or broken, when it arrives at that receiver, I just bought that load of hamburger. So what can we do? Uh, Would you be happy with phoning the shipper and talking with them about how the load is, is secured inside that trailer? You know, try and 
deal with it as tactfully as you can. And at the end of the day, if he wants to look in the trailer, he's going to look in the trailer and we'll deal with the fallout later. If he does, in fact, break the seal, look in the trailer, and you know there's going to be a problem, as soon as the inspection's over with, get on the phone to dispatch and let them know that the seal's been compromised. It was law enforcement that that broke the seal. They've resealed the trailer, and dispatch can start the process of sorting it out with the receiver. Don't wait until you get to the receiver and, oh, yeah, by the way, these seal numbers don't match. You're just going to save yourself a world of hurt, and it's just good customer service to start the process as soon as you get, as soon as you clear the inspection. And again, anybody's got any questions or comments, please push one, and we'll uh, we'll do our best to uh, answer your questions. We actually do have a question, Dave. Okay. Okay, we have Sean. He has a question about load securement in a reefer. Hi, Sean. You're on the air. Oh, thank you, hey, Melissa. Sean. Thanks, Dale. Okay, uh, you brought up a good one here. Um, I loaded a trailer yesterday, and it says, do not leave your load bars in the trailer. I dropped it. I picked it up this morning. Both doors were sealed. I don't know what it looks like inside. I don't know whether it's secured. I could not break the seal. I have two logistics straps that are sitting in my jockey box where I feel they should be inside the trailer holding something. Yep. So what's going to happen, Sean, is, uh, you know, if you're pulled in for an inspection, just make sure you articulate to the officer, I dropped this trailer, I picked it up preloaded, the doors are sealed, my instructions are not to open the doors. If it's going to be a surprise to both of us. And if there's nothing in there, then you're going to uh, throw in your logistics straps and a couple of load bars and secure it before you leave. And that should be the end of it. Okay. Can you explain the special case in Alberta with load bars and load securement in a van? Sure. Um, Alberta has taken upon itself and that is actually in the process of being fixed and should be recognized or, or uh, should be sorted out before road check. Somebody got their, a bee in their bonnet and decided that load bars were unacceptable in Alberta. So what they require is either logistics straps that are load rated or a shoring bar that is load rated or friction mats. And friction mats are uh, are about an eighth of an inch rubber mat that uh, you put in, excuse me, prior to uh, loading the last two pallets at the end of the load. And two-thirds of the mat have to be under the product, and one-third of the mat has to be exposed. And that's acceptable. Like I say, uh, the uh, Alberta Motor Transport Association and a lot of the big carriers have uh, taken the Alberta government to task on this, and cooler heads are supposedly prevailing before road check. But great point, and thanks for bringing that up, Sean. Thank you very much, Dale. That's all I have for now. No worries. Stay safe out there. Yeah, that's uh, um, uh, friction mats are also recognized for uh, cargo securement. And they're actually quite uh, popular in the uh, uh, rolled paper loads. They'll uh, they'll actually set those under the uh, great big rolls of paper. So uh, I carry uh, I carry uh, six feet of mat. In, uh, in a jockey box, and uh, that's also available for me to put down when I'm doing a live load. Uh, if you're picking up a preloaded trailer, you're not going to be able to pick those back two pallets up and rework the load and, and utilize that. So be prepared with some straps and some some load bars. 
The officer is going to uh, work his way up the right side in reverse, doing the exact same thing. Uh, we're going to check the uh, tandems, make sure all the pins are engaged. Uh, there's no blatant cracks in any frames. Any of the suspension components are damaged. It's also going to be listening for air leaks while he's wandering around, too. Uh, lights, same thing on the back end of the tractor. Tires, wheels, wheel fasteners, uh, frame, fuel tank, cab. When he gets back up into the right front engine compartment corner, we're going to get you to rock the uh, steering wheel aggressively, and we're going to check that right wheel assembly for any excessive play and uh, any movement. Then the officer is going to come back around and ask you how much air pressure you've got. And uh, what we're looking for is between 90 and 110 pounds. And if you've got that, then uh, he's going to tell you not to touch anything and don't do anything unless you are told. The officer is going to get on a creeper, get underneath your truck, starting at the front, and he's going to work his way underneath looking for fuel leaks, um, exhaust leaks under the cab, air leaks, um, any chafed or damaged airlines. He's going to have a look through the uh, inspection ports on the uh, dust co covers for the brake assembly if you've got them. And uh, the... Uh, He's going to take a uh, chalk stick and mark the uh, push rods. So that's uh, basically right at the uh, face of the brake chamber where the push rod comes out and uh, engages into the slack adjuster. He's going to put a mark on there work his way down to the uh, back end of the trailer and again while he's underneath if you're pulling a van we're going to look at uh, cross members and anything bent and damaged when he gets back to the uh, rear wheel assembly going to do the same thing he's going to mark the uh, push rods with the chalk stick and then he's going to come out and ask you to make a hard brake application and hold your foot right to the floor then he's going to work his way back up to the front of the truck and he's going to take a measurement from that white line because that push rod is now extended out of the uh, brake chamber and that measurement determines whether or not your brakes are in adjustment. Listen for any air leaks. He'll work his way back up to the front of the truck and then he'll come out and then he'll ask you to release the brakes. Do not start the truck. Try to move the truck or do anything while an officer's underneath your truck. If you do that, bad things are coming your way at roughly 900 to 1,000 feet per second, because he's gonna take that as an act of aggression and you are going to be shot. So don't start the truck, don't try and move the truck, follow the officer's instructions. I've been at road check where you know trucks are fairly close and there's a lot going on and if you're not sure what the officer wants you to do do nothing and wait for him to repeat his instructions let's be safe and not sorry one thing i would encourage everybody to do is you can go to www cbsa.org or you can call 301-830-6143 and I would order the North American Standard Out of Service Guide. They'll send it to you and it's not that expensive and this is the inspector's handbook. So Anything that they're going to put on a, uh, on a violation report, on a form, is going to be in this book. So if you're not sure, you can go to your own guide and have a look when you're doing your own pre-trips and decide whether or not 
you've got a problem or whether it's okay. Really, a CBSA level one inspection is nothing more than a pre-trip. That's all it is. It's just a a real thorough pre-trip. Now, I will be honest. Do I put my coveralls on every day and call my truck? No, I don't. I do a pre-trip, but once a week, I pick a spot, I pick a location, and I put my coveralls on, and I crawl my truck front to back and do my own level one inspection. And it's easy enough to do. I've got a set of plastic wheel chocks, so I chalk the wheels. I release my brakes. I've got the uh, plastic tabs that clamp onto the uh, onto the push rods. There's the brake safe product, um, or just use good old soap bone. Put a mark on the push rod right at the uh, face of the brake chamber, and crawl around down there, have a look at things, become familiar with your equipment, and then uh, if you go to the arts and crafts section at the Walmart store. You can get a three-quarter inch wood dowel and just cut it to length so that when you have a full brake application, you can have one end of the stick on the brake pedal, the other end of the stick under the steering wheel, and there's your full brake application, and you can do your own inspection at your leisure. You can check for air leaks. You can measure push rod stroke, and you're laughing. For anybody that's doing drop and hook, every time you pick up a strange trailer, you have to get underneath and you have to do an inspection. So it takes less than 10 minutes. Throw your coveralls on, and I know everybody listening has got a pair of coveralls. So put your coveralls on, take your little piece of soapstone, mark the push rods, get back into your truck, and if you have a trailer spike to apply just your trailer brakes, you know, your brakes are all released. You can have the tractor brakes engaged, trailer brakes released, pull down the spike. I, I used to put my shaving kit on it to uh, keep it applied. And then I'd go back, listen for air leaks, measure my push rod travel. And I check the tires with the tire gauge to check pressure because I was the one buying the fuel. I was an owner operator at the uh, location I did drop and hooks. So trailer tire inflation is paramount to fuel economy. So I was buying the fuel. So I had a vested interest into uh, making sure those tires were all hard. And it's 10 minutes out of your day. And I knew in my heart of hearts, that that trailer was good to go and ready for the road. If you don't feel comfortable and you don't want to crawl your own equipment, the TAs and Petros from now until road check are doing free mid-trip inspections. So they'll actually do an inspection for you for free. Uh, Their interest in it is they're actually looking for things to fix, so it's good motivation for them and it's free for you. So please take advantage of that. I'll also throw this out there that uh, anybody that's uh, traveling that Interstate 15 corridor, uh, I'm currently working for Needham Trucking. I'm pulling a reefer, and I drive a uh, bright orange, shiny T680 Kenworth. You can't miss it. If you're on that Interstate 15 corridor, wave with all your fingers and hunt me down, and I'm more than happy to uh, spend some time with you, and uh, we'll go over a proper pre-trip and things to look for, and I'll do whatever I can to help you out. Same thing, if you want to reach out to me on Facebook, uh, re- or reach out to uh, Alyssa on the uh, on the podcast page, she'll get in touch with me, and uh, my goal here is to help you out and get you compliant and and make sure there's no surprises. So, and we have uh, we have a bunch of questions on the line. If you want to start taking questions, Dale. You bet. Let's uh, let's go to some callers. Okay, we have uh, Jerome. 
He's got, he wants some advice for starting a new job. Hi, Hi, Jerome, you're on the air. Yes, sir. Uh, Good evening. Um, I've spent the the last 13 years pulling dry vans and reefers and and running all 48 states and so on and so forth. And next, next Tuesday, I'm completely switching gears, getting into a whole new ball game. Um, I'm going to go to being to pulling a roller trailer flatbed hauling joists or rafters or trusses okay. or whatever you want to call them. And sure. I've never done anything like that before. And I'm wondering oh. if you have any advice, you know, because I'm a little nervous. Like it's it's something completely out of my comfort zone. And sure. No, great, uh, great question, Drew. And uh, what uh, what you need to uh, be aware of is uh, those require two tie downs in the first ten feet of the load, and they require an additional tie down for every ten feet. So if you've got a forty foot truss or a stack of forty foot trusses on the trailer, you need two in the first ten feet, and then one strap or one uh, one means of securement for every uh, every additional 10 feet and again so nobody nobody's ever going to give you a hard time if you put too many on you're only going to get so, in trouble if you have enough so with your example of a 40 footer so does that yep. mean i need i need four total or six total i mean you need, uh, sure i'm you got two in the first uh, the first ten feet, right? And then for every additional ten feet, you need one more strap. So that's five total, I guess. Yes. Because the first so ten would take it to the thirty. The first ten is going to two. Yep. Okay. So you've got two in the first ten feet, and then the next ten feet, you've got one more strap. So yeah. And again, okay. don't be afraid to throw. Don't be afraid afraid to throw a couple more on. You know, if you've got six winches or seven winches, put seven straps on. Because, like I say, you'll never know if you have too many, but you'll sure find out in a hurry if you don't have enough. Yeah, yeah, that's what I want to avoid. Uh, and, right. And these are, and these are telescopic. I, I don't know whether that's the correct term or not, but telescopic trailers where they can, you know, yep. extend out and. Yep. So, so. Trombone trailers, so they uh, they can stretch out. And again, what you want to be uh, aware of is, uh, you know, the airlines when the trailer is folded up to uh, say 45 feet or 53 feet, whatever they are, that uh, the airlines aren't kinked or pinched anywhere. The pins are all engaged, and then when you stretch the trailer out, make sure the pins are all locked. Because uh, one missing pin is enough to park you on the side of the highway until you resolve that. Um, okay. Traditionally, they're overdimensional as well. They're wide, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. So your overdimensional signs, front and back, need to be clean and in good repair. And the same thing, because we've all seen we've all seen the guys pulling overdimensional loads and signs tattered. And, you know, for some reason, the driver's attached to it, and it's got sentimental value, and it's the first sign he ever bought, you know, 15 years ago. So it's faded and torn and flapping in the breeze. Don't give enforcement a reason to stop you. So make sure your signs are in good repair, they're clean, your lights are all clean, your flags are, they have to be one foot by one foot. So your flags are all... uh, all in one piece. If you're, uh, if you've got lights and you're running at night, your your lights are on and properly illuminated. And if you're using beacons, that uh, they're also operational and in uh, in good shape. And one thing you're you're required to have, if you uh, do have beacons and they're on, there has to be an indicator in the cab to say that those beacons are on. So okay. a light on the switch or uh, Kenworth, 
I'll use for an example, they have a uh, uh, a light in the uh, headliner display or in the uh, instrument cluster that that indicates that the beacons are on. Um, make sure that uh, your permits are all up to date because uh, you uh, you'll be running under permit for uh, for a wide load. So just make sure your paperwork's all up to date and uh, you'll be fine. You won't have any trouble. Now, now I have one more question, and I apologize. Uh, um, Not at all. One thing I noticed, because I went with, I rode along with a gentleman last week, and when the trailer is squeezed together or, you know, pushed up to its yep. to its smallest length, like the airline that accompanies the trailer when it's stretched out, you know yes. what I mean? Okay. Yep. Um, is there a distance that, and that might be a dumb question, but is there a distance that it's supposed to be off the ground? It can't. Uh, it can't touch the ground, and there is the only dumb question is the one that is never asked. So okay, so just as long as it's not touching, but I mean, there's no yeah. requirement to. No. It's got to be a foot off the ground or whatever. No, just uh, the only requirement is it can't. It can't make contact with the road surface. So okay. if you're driving down the road and it's bouncing, you know, it, it can't show signs that it's touched the, the road and scuffed because that's going to okay. get you into trouble. Okay. All righty. Well, I sure appreciate your help, sir. No worries. Anytime at all. Thank you. And again, anybody okay. that's listening, the only foolish question is the one that's not asked. So don't well, be afraid to push Well, we got a bunch. Lots. Good. We've got a bunch of great questions. So next we have Paul. He has a question about reflective tape on a car carrier. Hi, Paul. You're on the air. Hey, Paul. Howdy. Thanks for calling. Yeah. Uh, I run a car carrier, and my trailer has a bunch of lights on the back of it, but I actually don't have reflective tape apart from it's not actually – on the very back of the trailer, it's on the back side of the cylinders on the rear end of the trailer, but it goes up and down. I do not have anywhere to put a full-size piece of reflective tape across the back. Paul, you're kind of one of the one of the problem childs, and uh, we get that with the uh, heavy haul guys too, with the uh, uh, you know pulling low boys and stuff. It's for you guys. It's with specialty equipment. It's where practical. So okay. if you, yeah, anywhere you can put it on the rear of the trailer is kind of where practical is is your ace in the hole. Yeah. Well, I, I do. I do have two two pieces that are about five foot long. One on each side that face the rear. So at least I got something. Yeah. And there, and, there and is. Uh, all boils, to, you know, and it all boils down to there's a lawyer starving to death on every street corner, and it comes down to due diligence. You know, if if you've got something back, and you've done the best you can with the equipment you've got. That's all you. Yeah. And then also, I got one other comment. Uh, when it comes to a pre-trip. Yes, sir. Doing a pre-trip. Doing a pre-trip means actually checking something, not just checking a tick on the on the on the logbook page. Because I Oddly see a lot enough, of guys they they get in the truck and they just start it up and they drive away. Oh, the the truck starts, the radio works. Really, what else do I need to do? You are so right. <laughs> yeah, you are so right. Yes, it's one of my observations I have noticed. Uh, <laughs> Right, that's all I have. Thank you much. Hey, thanks for calling in, Paul. Okay, next we have Eddie. He has a question about load securement in a van. Hi, Eddie, you're on the air. Hey, Eddie, thanks for tuning in. Thank you. How are you doing? Good, thanks. What can I help you out with? All right, I pull uh, dedicated automotive parts in a 53-foot driveway. And I have the logistics slots that run top to bottom. They're about 
maybe three feet apart. Yep. The problem I run into a lot of times when they get loaded and I crawl in the trailer to put my logistics straps on, the bins go from sidewall to sidewall. But yes. the next logistics strap point may be two inches. It may be a foot away from the last bit. So what I always do is I just run my strap across there, tighten it up, and, you know, will that suffice, or do I need to try to do something different? Ideally, you need to uh, – what I would do, and, and I ran into that when I pulled dry vans, is can you, uh, can you position the strap so that uh, the uh, – it goes forward, like to the next uh, the next set of uh, slots ahead of the product, so that it uh, you know so that it makes contact with the product and kind of pulls it forward. If I'm explaining that right, does that make sense to you? Right. Sometimes I can do that. Sometimes they're stacked so high that you can't. Yeah. You know, if I double stack them, you can't get up over them, you know. You know, it's it's one of those things. You do the best you can with what you got. Do you carry load uh, uh, load uh, locks with you? No, we all we carry is the straps. Okay. Um, what I've done in the past is, you know, I put lo- I carry load locks and and I put them so that they. Uh, uh, make contact with the back end of the cargo, and then I'll put a strap in where I can, just to pull the walls of the trailer tight, so that there's no possible way that that load bar is going to blow out if something happens. But it's kind of one of those things you do the best you can with what you got. All right. My other question is, if I've got a forty thousand pound load, will two straps at the back? suffice or does it need to be different spots down through there? You know, it's uh, you're you're stopping the cargo from starting to move. So if you've got a uh, if you've got 40,000 pounds in there and it's all jammed in and, and making contact with the front of the trailer and, and each pallet is touching the next pallet all the way back then two straps will suffice because you're just you're just uh, uh, it has to contain the load from point four. So one strap would meet the requirement. Again, some's good, more is better. And again, they have to be load rated so that the uh, uh, you know the little uh, the little tag that's uh, on the strap or what's printed on there is 2,000 pounds or 4,000 pounds or whatever and and the formula is 0.4 so yeah you'd be fine with two okay I appreciate it no worries thanks for calling in okay next we have Brian he has a question about disc brakes hi Brian you're on the air hey Brian thanks for calling in yeah thank you for for the information, um, yeah, I was just curious, I guess, how uh, I'm actually going to tear some apart this weekend. I was going to change some tires, so I wanted to look them over, inspect them, and I don't necessarily, I guess, expect you to know that, but what? how do you measure them, or is there a measurement for knowing if they're in spec, you know, uh, like, or adjusted? Are they automatic adjusted, I'm guessing, or? Yeah, you know what? And disc brakes, you are an inspector's dream come true. Um, there's really well, what we're what we look for is uh, that there's no. Uh, uh, I'll just uh, I will go to my uh, handy dandy out of service criteria, and uh, section six on page twenty one. Uh, gives you what we're looking for. So uh, what we're looking for is missing or broken calipers, broken pads, the pad retaining components, uh, the push rod yoke, clevis pin, the retainer, cotter pin, 
the brake adjuster, uh, you know, just anything that's that's out of out of place. Um, you know, if the rotor has any evidence of metal to metal contact, uh, if there's rust or anything on the uh, uh, friction surface, and again, you know, light rust is is acceptable. But you know, if it's heavy and pitted, then it's obvious that uh, the uh, pads aren't making contact with the rotor. Well, then we've got a problem. Uh, if there's any oil uh, on there from a leaking wheel seal, uh, you know that's uh, that's something they're looking for. And the uh, brake pad thickness is less than a sixteenth of an inch, 1.6 millimeters, or to the wear indicator on the pad. Uh, that's what they're looking for on disc brakes. But uh, if you've got disc brakes on the truck and the trailer, we, as an inspector, we used to fight over those because they're just an easy inspection and we can get you in and get you out and we record a stat and our boss is happy and life is good. Right. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, that's when I bought a newer truck, it was, that was part of the reason is, you know, for safety, but less hassle. And so, yeah, I have to learn about them. But, yeah, I can't buy a level three or level one, I guess, would be inspection. It's like, oh, you got disc brakes. Level two is good enough. And it's like, you don't get a sticker. You don't get a sticker with a level two, you know. It's like, so that's my only complaint about it is, yeah, we're not going to measure them or look at them, you know, because even if they're just on the trailer, it's like, well, you know, I don't have disc on the trailer. But either way, it it is odd that, I don't, you know, they yeah, don't do that. It, so. Yeah, it's, like I say, yeah. in uh, my agency, we used to fight over them because we had to do 120 inspections a year to uh, stay certified. And, uh, like I say, they were a quick, easy inspection. And as long as there was no uh, glaring issues, boy, you could you could crawl a truck with uh, disc brakes on it and be, be out of there in no time. But, yeah, those That's, are... Uh, those are just some of the things to look for if you've got them. Okay. I appreciate it. Yeah, they, uh, I haven't been, only been inspected a few times, I guess, you know, all winter, but I, last fall I did go on uh, one of those rolling checks, you yes. know, like the, yep. not a turbine, but anyway, that, that was interesting to say the least, but yeah, they were awesome. He said that's, that's the best, like, numbers he'd seen from that since they started it you know kind of like not that long ago so it's like well that's good you know so they, yeah, disc they do brake, work so. oh disc brakes are so so far superior to uh to drum brakes it's uh you know the industry is just not quick to uh adapt to change and and that's unfortunate because uh one of the big problems with uh, drum brakes is brake fade when they heat up and you've got a problem mm-hmm the drum expands away from the shoe and and you're in trouble. Uh, the beauty of disc brakes, the hotter they get, the harder they break because the rotor expands into the brake uh, pads and and gives you more uh, more braking force. So, yeah, they're far superior. Okay. Yeah, I had one dragging a little bit, so I had to learn them. I have to learn about it this weekend, but, yeah, I... They, they're expensive to fix. I know that when you start pricing stuff, but the truck's got almost 800,000 and to my knowledge, they've never been looked at. They've, you know, it's like completely original, which I've only yeah. had, you know, a few months, you know, since last fall, but I, you know, I used to, I used to get a million out of my drum brake, So I'm not sure. I thought I'd get 2 million out of disc, you know, so, <laughs> but either you know, way, I appreciate Yep. No. Thanks for uh, thanks for jumping in and uh, appreciate the call. Okay. Uh, our last question is uh, Todd. He's got a question about load securement. Hi, Todd. You're on the air. Hi. Hi. Good evening. I was wanting to know how do you figure up that point four G's on the load securement per pound? I mean, how many pounds is that? Well. You know, it's a that's a darn good question. And again, I'm going to refer to my handy dandy out of service guide that everybody should have in their hot little hands. While I'm flipping through that, they are available at cbsa.org or your uh, local uh, 
Trucking State Trucking Association, and they are just a gold mine of information. And of course, naturally, now that I'm looking for it, it's eluding me, but bear with me. And I will uh, I will get back to there we are. Okie dokie. We should have some we should have some I'm gonna have to work on some music. Mm-hmm. Well I'm uh well, I'm looking Right, up. we should get the Jeopardy music going. Yeah, yeah. There, there you go. Uh, no, I, I won't do it. Um, I was about to do it, but I changed my mind. Come on, Melissa, here was your big chance to shine. I know, I know. I, I got stage fright. Oh, dear. You know, they don't have... Uh, they don't have the formula in the out-of-service grid. But basically, it's uh, in the uh, in the cargo securement regulation, and I'll find it as soon as the music starts and the show is over. <laughs> it is 0.4 of a G. So, if, you, uh, if you've got stuff properly tied down back there and have something... Uh, you know, to accommodate rearward movement. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to get out a, a calculator and a slide rule and uh, go, oh, geez, you're only at 0.3 of a G, so you're out of service. <laughs> so what do we do on the customers that say that we can't have our straps actually touch, touching the freight? You know... Again, it's that damned if you do, damned if you don't. I would. Uh, what kind of freight are you hauling that they're they're concerned with? Well, uh, we've hauled a uh, load of bark soap, and you couldn't have the straps touching them. Okay. Um, can you get away with uh, like a, a lot of customers that I dealt with? Uh, you know, there'd be cardboard that they've had on the floor. Or cardboard? Are they putting cardboard in the walls of the trailer to prevent the product from touching the uh, the sides of the trailer? Yeah. If you can, if you can snag some of that and put that on the back of the uh, load between the strap and the product, is uh, is that going to keep your customer happy? I guess it's worth a try. You know, that's what I would do. And uh, I, I haul food products, and uh, we've uh, we've got one customer that we move freight for, and they kind of crib the uh, inside of the trailer with cardboard. And uh, that's all I've done is uh, grab some extra cardboard, put it at the back, so that uh, my uh, my bars and straps, their product, it's, it's touching the cardboard. And that seems yeah, to keep that was what happy. That was what they was worried about was actually damaging their boxes. Sure, and yeah, if you can put some cardboard uh, in between uh, the boxes and your uh, and your uh, straps or your load bars, then uh, that should uh, that should keep the customer happy, and and that will meet the requirement of stopping the product from moving. Because again, at the end of the day, it's we're just trying to stop it from starting to move. That'll work. I appreciate your time. Hey, no worries. Thanks for calling in. Yep, thank you. Well, Dale, we're down to the last 30 seconds of the show. Well, there you go. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and please have a successful road check, and pre-trip, pre-trip, pre-trip. And I'll throw this out here again. Uh, I work for Needham Trucking, driving a bright orange T680 Kenworth. I run the Interstate 15 corridor, so have a look for me. Yell at me. I'll do my best to uh, help you out. 
you can reach out to me on Facebook. It's Dale Howard. And uh, or get a hold of uh, Melissa on the uh, Facebook page or the Let's Truck one eight hundred fuel number. They'll hunt me down, and uh, I'll do my best to uh, follow up and uh, and help you out. Be safe, be compliant, and be productive out there. And have a great week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks everybody. We will talk to you next week.